Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 1063. The Heat and the Celtics game for the Heat going for the sweep tonight. It's here on ESPN 106.3, 8.30 tip time. Theo Dorsey, JMP, a little heating up beforehand right here on ESPN West Palm. All right, let's get to the Celtics shoot around. And I know exactly what's happening here. And Stone might as well. You might as well, Theo. I mean, we've all been around sports for a long time. Stone played it at the collegiate level. So these are verbatim quotes from Celtics shooter on a Caseya Center. Al Horford walking by Robert Williams. Quote, we've got it tonight, Rob. We've got it tonight. Marcus Smart. Quote, don't let us get one. Jalen Brown. Quote, don't let us win tonight. <laughs> you know what they're doing. They're just trying to talk themselves into this, right? Like, they, they are so broken. And... They were clubbed so badly that they quit in game three. They are desperately going to any tactic they can to try and make themselves believe they can win a game in this series. That right there is all just the most basic, simplest form of attempted toe dip into belief when we got it tonight, Rob. We got it tonight. Come on, pal. Come on. Don't let us get one. Don't let us get one. Don't let us win tonight. Like they, it, it seems to me that if you can get up double digits on these guys, when you start hearing talk like that, and they're doing it in front of the cameras too. Oh, of right? course. Like they're making sure that, that the public hears it because it makes them feel like, hey, now the outside knows that we're not dead yet. It's all a facade. If you get up double, double digits on these dudes tonight, House of Cards. Yeah. Done. Done. Folded out. Headed back to Beantown. (laughs) Beantown. Do we know where that's at? Chicago! (laughs) (laughs) Dork. Um, I I have to say I admire it because... (laughs) It's so corny. I admire it. Here's why I admire it, though. Because you're less than, what, 50 to 60 hours... From what happened, or mm-hmm. well, well, how much time span? I guess it would only be two days. Less than yeah, less than forty hours. hours. Right now, you're less than forty hours from when you took the beating of a lifetime. Yeah, so it's like it almost feels like um, they feel like these are things they have to be saying and doing so that they look right. confident. It's like a peacock but spreading its, uh, its feathers out. It's fake because it's happening in front of all those cameras, of and like, like it's course. all so phony. Like they, you say things like that. When you don't actually believe you can accomplish something, you're you're grasping, and that's what's happening with the Celtics. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. If I'm a Celtics fan, I I feel worse after yeah. hearing those quotes drop because there's nothing organic about it. They're they're literally cheerleading one another in front of the cameras so that then it can be told before tip off. These guys are together. There's no there's belief. There's belief there. I, it's it really is it's it's the equivalent of when Jason Tatum down two games to none losing both games at home showed up to game three in a white suit dressed in all white like he's Miami freaking Vice mm. that was corny that was really corny this 
is corny. The Celtics are corny. Yeah, I have a conspiracy theory that in Game 3 when they showed up to Miami in the Hawaiian shirts, that they were playing on the Cancun. They were playing on it like, uh, oh, y'all think Cancun's like, all right, fine, we'll show you. And then, and then they got their ass beat. It backfired. Mm-hmm. And it backfired. Yeah. So I think they're just pulling out. a step closer to Cancun. It, it did. I, they're pulling out all the stops at this point. I don't I don't feel good hearing yeah, that. that. You're supposed to come in with glasses on and your headphones on. You're not yeah. supposed to say a damn word That's desperation, right? Like saying stuff like that in front of the cameras, that reeks of desperation. Also saying, don't let us win tonight is like confirming the fact that it's up to the Miami Heat. What happens yeah, tonight? But the Miami, Heat, have dictated, the Miami <laughs> yeah. Heat are dictating everything in this series. Hey, You're exactly right. You guys better not let us get one. You better not roll over like we did in game you two. You better not play bad and, and we win. Don't yeah. let that happen. Because if you let that happen, it's going to be 3-1. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> right. really in some trouble. Uh, you can't uh, down, down three games to none where the opposing team that just beat you by damn near 30 and had a 35-point lead, they get four cracks at this thing. <laughs> don't go parading in front of the cameras. And you've lost both games at home. Mm. Don't go parading in front of the cameras. Don't let us win one. Don't let us win one. And for Marcus Smart to be saying anything, for Mar- the goal of Marcus Smart, mm. what has he done in this series? The goal of Marcus Smart to be talking like, like, like he has been an integral part of anything that the Celtics have been able to accomplish in this series. My God, I'm offended, and I'm not even a Celtics fan. We had those 10 assists in the first half that one time. Yeah. That was was fun. Right. And then uh, you didn't know we played the second (laughs) half. I I just, it, it, I'm I'm sort of with you, Stone. Up three games to none, it's a weird mental thing that you do. And um, we went through this with the Panthers in the Toronto series. Hey, you are the overwhelming at that point favorite um, because you get four cracks at it. You, you only need one win to the other team's four. It's a very enviable place to be, but there's always the what if, mm-hmm. what if, mm-hmm. what if history strikes, what if uh, lightning's caught in a bottle, what if something happens for the first time in the history of the sport like it would be if the Celtics were to come back on the heat. It's a, it's a bad thing to think about. You go to the deepest, darkest recesses of your mind, so you just want it to be wrapped up. Like, get it done in four. That said, like, there's nothing in this series with the way the Celtics have played, especially in the fourth quarter, and the way that the Heat are 6-2 and two in games they've trailed by double digits in the second half in this postseason. For me to say, oh man, if they if the Celtics get this tonight, uh oh, here they come. Like, where has the consistency been at any part of the playoffs for this ultra talented Celtics team? Right on. From an X's and O's standpoint, like, what are the Celtics going to find that's going to scare not only a Heat team but a Heat fan base? Like, besides Jason Tatum going for fifty two, like, there's nothing that we're going to watch tonight and be like, uh oh, Boston kind of figured that out. Yeah, like, they haven't played defense all series. They've rolled over when gone down double digits to these teams and, and Jimmy's playing with a smile on his face. Like, there's nothing that can happen tonight that I think is going to scare Miami, even if they lose that game. On top of all of that, the dissension within the locker room mm-hmm. and Jalen Brown having one foot out of the door and the team not really believing in their head coach and Joe Mazzula. Then you get the Woj report about how they all miss Ime Udoka and all that he brought to that franchise. Like, it is... It is... It, it will be very hard to find a, a modicum of like optimism for the Celtics actually pulling this off. Now, as a Heat fan, you're right. 
You want this thing over with. Just get it over with, ASAP. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. Especially since you get a a a whole damn calendar week to prepare for that behemoth, that offensive behemoth that is the Denver Nuggets. Nine days of rest for Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love and Jimmy Butler. Uh, Nine days to figure out if Tyler Hero can crack the rotation again. Like it. It, it would be very nice to end this thing tonight. I will say this. If you're comparing teams on the precipice of a sweep, I feel better about the Heat than I do the Panthers right now. And I think the Panthers are going to win this series. And uh, the Panthers did not play well last night and still found a way to win. Um, but I just I feel like the Heat have have just completely taken if not the entire amount of fight out of the Celtics team. All it's going to take is a big run tonight. Like Again, you don't you don't say those things. Don't let us get one. Don't let us get one in front of the cameras if you're the Boston Celtics. You don't say those things if you're not trying to mask what's going on truly whether you your brain your conscious brain can acknowledge it or not. You're not saying those things if you are full of confidence. If you are full of confidence that you can do something special. That's yeah. desperation in every sense of the word, hoping to God you get lucky and start catching a break that goes your way. Yeah, if Duncan comes off a screen and hits his first two threes of the night and Caleb off the dribble takes it to the cup and the, the Heat go up 12 points, there's nothing that has shown us that the Celtics won't just shrug their shoulders and be like, you know what? This is what it is. Like These guys are playing... Well above their means, there's nothing we can do here. Let's wrap it up. There's nothing that has shown that that's not going to happen. Yeah. They, they will fold. They have always folded. And, saying and stuff if they like don't fold is, tonight, then they'll fold at some point the next three games. Yeah, but let's get you them know? to fold tonight. That's what yeah. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 let's end it. It's, it's kind of like, too, and I hate always liking it to, like, you know, days at the bar, but, like, you don't walk into a situation where you see, like, a hot girl across the bar and you're like, the worst she can say is no. And then have a have success at that. Like your success rate immediately goes down <laughs> when your mindset is the worst you can say is no. Yeah, that's right, what the right. Celtics are saying to themselves yeah, tonight. Like, for sure. hey, don't let us get one. Yeah, don't. The, the worst <laughs> thing is let's just go go give it a valiant uh-huh, effort and uh-huh. see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, that we is might end up on top. A very sound point. Who has other than Jimmy? Who has been the the most important player for the Heat in this series? Ooh, that, Bam Adebayo. That's not tough. It's Bam Adebayo. I think it's bully ball bam. Yeah. When he's playing with that aggression, when he's playing with no fear, like honestly at times in, in certain points of the game and Jimmy scored 16, I know they didn't even play that fourth, but bam almost seems more important than Jimmy at times when they go through these scoring rules and bam's able to clean it up. It's gotta be bam. He's, he's defensively. I mean, he's the second best defender in the postseason outside of Anthony Davis. Like he's, He's a problem there, and then when he is aggressive on offense, it's it's really a problem. Is screening. He's he's been the second best player. I am fully on the Bam train. You guys know that, and I pumped him up big yesterday. I I have been just thrilled seeing how he has answered the bell, and he gets the criticism, and he started this postseason with more of the criticism, and looking hesitant on offense. We gave it to him. The uh, we, absolutely. I mean, I remember being on heating up with you and JMP. This was before Game Three of the Knicks series. Yeah, um, right and it. and I was on Bam because again, Game Two without Jimmy he looked hesitant. He looked hesitant. He looked hesitant. And then he finally woke up in the second half. But we've gotten four quarters of elite level Bam Adebayo basketball where he is muscling people for rebounds. He is defending his ass off, which he always does, but he's also such a proficient part of what they want to do on offense. And when Jimmy's not on the floor running the offense through him, but 
here's my answer to who's been the most important player other than Jimmy in this series. And I'm sure you guys are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? Uh But because he has been thrust into action in this postseason and has started to look more and more comfortable and has hit critical shots and has played so brilliantly off the two-man game with Bam and presents such a difficult matchup problem now, I think it's Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, he, he has brought an extra element that the Heat did not have. And it has been very difficult for every team that the Heat have encountered in this postseason to account for him. And so I'm not saying that he's the second best player by any stretch. But as far as importance is concerned, where he can immediately shoot you back into a game. If things get into the double digits or get to nine, he can immediately shoot you back to within two possessions. The way that he's taking guys off the dribble, now he's distributing his back cuts. He has, and again, he's not going to fill up the box score, but he is one element that the Heat, you didn't count on him being someone that the Heat were going to rely on in this postseason or it really was going to contribute in any way, shape, or form. Yet here he is giving you 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes, critical minutes on the floor, final four minutes of games. His presence on the floor, because he spreads everything out, because the Celtics are having to stretch out the defense, leaving gaping holes in the middle for Bam and for Jimmy and for Gabe Vincent. They're getting any mid-range look they want because of Duncan Robinson's presence on the floor. That's why I say he's the second most important player. What's the name of uh, Duncan Robinson's podcast? Like, Mm. long shot? Yeah. I think what you just said was a long shot. Okay. Uh, I, I know you. I know you guys were were gonna shoot it down, but that 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 is. I, I gave him my surprise. reasoning. He's the biggest surprise, and you know what? His development, his ability to put the ball on the floor, his ability to beat Grant Williams off the dribble and get from the left side of the court to the right and finish with the right. Like Duncan Robinson has been a revelation for the Heat this postseason, but like I would say, Caleb Martin has been more important. Game in and game out. I mean, we've had Duncan Robinson play games where he played less than ten minutes and scored. Zero or two or three points. Like, Gabe Vincent's regular play through the Knicks series as well as here. Like, wasn't it Caleb Martin that just had 29? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there are other guys that I think have been more pivotal to the success of the Heat. Plus, those guys you don't have to mask in other ways, like getting into a zone coverage because you know you don't want him to see him isolated. Or when he does get matched up with Jason Tatum on the wing, your whole defense shading towards that way, like, Duncan Robinson has found he's been winning on the margins for the Heat, and that has been the biggest revelation. If I had to get on that boat with you and, and defend the Duncan Robinson point, I, I think watching from an outside, if Duncan Robinson is knocking down those shots, like you fear this Heat team, if Gabe and Caleb are knocking down their shots, you kind of shrug. It's like, oh, wow, these role players are stepping up. But if Duncan's hitting, there's no way you lose that game. It's just a feeling you get. Well, it's just something about He's also yeah. been a life raft when the three isn't hitting. He comes in and hits a critical one and just gets things moving a little it's, bit. It's that He's kind like of the, the prune to sure. the constipation of the Heat uh, three-point shooting. 100%. Like, it's not necessarily tangible, but for a crowd, and you see 55 coming to the game, one, you get a little excited. Okay, here comes Duncan. But when he hits those first two threes, you're like, oh, oh we're on go. Like, like, we got a lot of confidence in this group. It feels different when Duncan hits a three. But I will say, like, Max Struess even yeah. has been more consistent on that end of hitting back-breaking three-point shots for the Heat the whole sure. postseason. Sure. Duncan, let's say in this series, has come out and been a bigger part. 
But he always plays well against the Celtics. Well, I love Duncan Robinson. Uh, who Who is being, other than Jimmy, the second most important player for the Heat in this Celtics series? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. What's your confidence level? One through five. One least confident, five most confident. This gets wrapped up tonight. Play the confidence game. I'm going five. I'm going five. I am extremely confident that the Heat sealed this up tonight, especially watching what the Nuggets did last night, even in a close one, because there's no way the Heat get blown out on their home court. And Mm. if you get into a close game against the Boston Celtics in these playoffs with Joe Mazzula as the coach against Eric Spolstra, I'm banking on the Heat every time. It's just there's not a single thing you can look at from this postseason that would lead you to believe that this doesn't end tonight. That's why it's so – it makes you nervous because what if? It's just like – what if uh, the Celtics win a road team at Kaseya Center for the first time all postseason? Then that translates to what if they can hold home court up in Boston, win for the first time in the series on their home floor? What if then they come back to Miami? Like, there's just, it, but, but there's nothing, there's no precedent in this postseason run from the Heat. The, the results, the way they've played, that would lead you to believe that the Celtics have a chance of coming out of here with a win tonight. Of course, there's a chance for everything, but the Heat haven't lost at home in the postseason. They've only lost once since the name of the arena was changed to Caseya Center. They've only lost once on their home floor since it was changed to Caseya Center. Um, That was the Hawks in the Um, play-in. They have not lost to the Celtics in this postseason. Uh, They won by nearly 30 two nights ago to the same Celtics team that threw up a, a, a not literal, but a figurative white flag in that game. I, I, they, they, they were able to hold off a tough Knicks charge in a closeout game in game six at home. They erased double-digit deficits from the Bucks on their home floor. Like, again, there's just nothing that's happened in this postseason that leads you to, to, to sit back today and say, Oh, man, I think the Celtics have a great chance tonight. They have a chance. Is it great? No. It's like a flip of a quarter. Uh, but I just think the Celtics are ready for vacation. I just think they are. I just – there's no uh, – J.J. Redick was talking about it on his podcast yesterday. There's no connectivity. Like, that was the word you heard most with FAU. Mm. The connectivity. Always aligned. Always communicating. It's why the ball movement was different. It's why they beat all of these teams that were bigger, stronger, more talented because the connectivity was there. Connectivity matters. The heat connectivity in the postseason has been remarkable. That's why it went from Jimmy having to score 56 to eke out a win over the Bucks to he can score 16 and then have Gabe Vincent and Kayla Martin pick up a bulk of the scoring. Mm. Or Kyle Lowry can hit big buckets late. Or Max Struess can go off for 30. The connectivity, that matters, especially defensively. And the Celtics don't have it. And J.J. Reddick's point to that was not only the offense, where Jalen Brown is looking, looks at Tatum at the top of the key and decides to chuck up a 29.3. I'll do it myself. There's no trust there. It's also on the defensive switches. The Heat are throwing so much at the Celtics, and the switching has been an abomination. It's why Gabe Vincent can get to the rim at will. It's why Duncan Robinson is backdoor cutting the blape 
out of this Celtics defense. The connectivity isn't there. And you can't tell me that in 48 hours, a basketball team that's down three games to none, who uh, apparently really dislikes their coach, a locker room that as much as they want to say, don't let us get one, we're going to get it tonight, Rob. We're going to get it tonight, Rob. They're going to find that connectivity with the snap of a finger or because they went out to a team dinner the night before. (laughs) It's just, you can't tell me that that's a thing that could possibly happen. The bonding power of Golden Corral. Oh, I mean, that's a a real statement. (laughs) Well, now you mentioned Golden Corral. I mean, maybe that changes my view on the entire thing. There's some weight to that. There is a chocolate fountain there. One one to five, I got to go three. It's right in the middle. It truly is a coin flip. There are a few things that scare me on both ends. One, the sports books have finally folded. The Heat are favored in this game. Uh-oh. Like, they finally folded. The Celtics have been favored so heavily through these first three games, and they're finally giving that up, and now you see 80 82% of the tickets falling on Miami. Like, everyone thinks this one's going to be over. That's never necessarily a good thing when everybody agrees that, okay, it's over. These guys are going on vacation. That scares me. But where I, I see it for the Heat is I've been the guy, right? I, I'm one of those statistical guys. I love looking at the numbers. Like I, I kept saying, Ken, regress to the mean. Regress to the mean. This Miami Heat, they can't keep shooting at a 50 clip. Can't keep hitting these threes at a 60 clip in the first half. Like They're going to regress to the mean. They haven't ever but, but, through this entire run we, regressed to the well, mean. But they did, and I told you the other day, that mean that they went below was the Knicks series. It was Knicks. The and then what series. did I say, Theo? What did I say, Theo, when we talked about this last week? If you are talking about the mean, the mean would mean that in this series, the Heat would then bring the three-point shooting back to yeah. or close to the Milwaukee level. And, and that's did. exactly what has happened. And it makes a lot of sense. I, all that math adds up, and I think, why back down now? Like, they're playing with an uber amount of confidence. They're going to knock down all their shots. So you see both sides. I'm going to stand right in the middle. It's truly a coin flip. You know, I'm sort of with you, uh, really wuss-like, going with a three just because I'm I'm neurotic and cynical and all of the things that weigh on my mind. But that said, the the fact that there is no precedent, not only not only in this series and in this postseason, but in NBA history, for the Heat not to go to the NBA Finals, I can't sit here and uh, say with much confidence, "Oh, I'm a three. Because again, every every single piece of everything we've seen with our own eyes dictates. This ends tonight. Yeah. A flat out, this ends tonight. Steve Politziner, when we come back, ask Steve. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. You know what I think it probably is? Anybody who plays sports in Boston and any Boston fans, like you're you're inundated with it if you're a pro athlete in Boston. You hear the tales of the 2004 Red Sox coming back from down three games to none on the Yankees and the ALCS. And there's this... With athletes and, and, and fans in the back of their mind, well, if the Red Sox could do it, surely the Celtics could do it. And that's where you have this nonsense from Marcus Smart. Don't let us get one, Jalen Brown. Don't let us win one, Al Horford. We're going to get this one tonight, Rob. going to get this one tonight. Like, that's where that comes from, right? It's, 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 it's positive, but it's also delusion. Yeah, and I think you left one out, too. I think from an odds perspective, you can compare the Patriots, Falcons, Super Bowl as well. 28-3 is very similar to down 3-0 in a series, I think. So, yeah, I think it's ingrained in them. 
it's there's that, always the what if. It's that Boston strong stuff. It's 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 the things they've come back from. Yeah, it's made them delusional. But I just again, after being completely non-competitive in the game before, I find it hard to believe that from that the Celtics win four in a row. Right, like that's pretty reasonable sound thinking, no? Yeah, and I know we said it ad nauseum last segment, but there is nothing that the Celtics have shown us Mm -hmm. as Heat fans and people who cover the Heat that we should be scared about. Like, there's not one thing to point to. Like, let a a four four wins, let alone just one tonight. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Uh, By the way, uh oh, Stone Diana Rossini on Twitter. And she's got a photo and everything. Jets OTAs. Aaron Rodgers off to the side, favoring his ankle, checking it. Something clearly not right. Is the man showing his age? Is his body starting to break down before he can even get going with the retooled New York Jets? Aaron Rodgers fan, react. Can I pile it on as well? Alan Lazard was carted off. Alan Lazard. Really? I didn't yeah. even see that. So I had sent it to you about 10, 15 minutes ago. Oh, Alan, my God. Alan Lazard he got carded was, off? Yeah. Like knee injury carded uh, off? No, well, okay, okay. I think I was a little bold there. He was carried off by the trainers, but he was brought off the field, not in his own power. Oh, uh, uh, not under his own power? Yeah, it was like the trainers held oh, him off they the field were, kind they of were thing. Uh, carrying him. Yeah, okay. so, so there's, there's the. Okay, you know, carded del- and yeah, carried are two different things. I apologize. I apologize. I think it's just me being a little dramatic. Like, it's here. like when you have a dog, you can carry your little <laughs> tiny dog, but sometimes those little dogs have the. When they don't have back legs, they put those wheels on them. That's carded. Yes. That's carded. Those are two different things. Um, but as far as the Aaron Rodgers, yeah, not too excited about it, but at the same time, this cat's 40 years old. So, so I think, and also. I think Packers fans need to, to, to watch this one with a keen eye. There's a reason the 40-year-old doesn't show up to OTAs. This is your reason why. Because his body doesn't hold up. He doesn't need to be throwing the football. But in this case, for the Jets, he does, right? He needs yeah. to build the chemistry. Right, right. He needs to get that but playbook down, all the new when, verbiage. When you are older and you do show up to OTAs, the chances of developing exploding ankle syndrome get higher and higher. A little higher. Yeah. That is your off-season football report brought to you by Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine Care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We get smarter when we come back. Steve Politziner, Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, and so much more. Ask Steve's on the way. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Every week we get big brain. We bring in a big brain himself to make us smarter. He is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer. He is so much more. He is our friend. He is our good buddy. He is Steve Politziner. Time now for us, Steve. 
Steve Pollitt-Senior is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maven, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's, presented by PNC Bank. See how they can make a difference for you at PNC.com. You've got mail. Steve, I have a lot of things I want to uh, bounce off of you, so uh, please allow me to be as efficient as possible here so I can really, really give your brain a workout and we can reach the deep recesses of it. Uh, uh, real quick, oh, and by the way, how are you? Are you well? I hope you're well. Hi, Ken. I'm getting, let's go, let's bounce. Awesome. All right, so I want to play real quick. Stone, if we could hear LeBron James after uh, last night's 113-111 loss to the Nuggets, Western Conference Finals end in a sweep, LeBron's season is over, year number 20 comes to an end. This was LeBron James in his post-game press conference flirting with retirement. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool ride. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was okay. I don't know. I don't have to say it's a successful year because I don't play for anything besides winning championships at this point in my career. And, um, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't get a kick out of making a conference appearance. I've done it a lot. And, <laughs> and it's not fun to me to not be able to be able to be a part of, uh, you know, getting to the finals. But... Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. So there it is. He he dangles retirement. You know that set off alarm bells all over Bristol, and we started to go into DEFCON 5, and so now all day today, is LeBron retiring? Is LeBron retiring? Will LeBron walk away? Nobody with a brain, Steve, thinks that LeBron is retiring without Nike getting involved, and there being an elaborate farewell tour. So for me, my reaction to the postgame press conference was that it was almost disrespectful that he thinks we're so dumb that we believe he's actually going to retire after this season. What was your reaction to the LeBron James postgame press conference? Well, I, I, I agree with you, Ken. I don't see uh, a, situa- a scenario where he's retiring right now, but I also think it was his way of saying, hey, just don't assume I'm coming back, Lakers. You have to put a better supporting cast around me. Don't assume I'm just waiting for Bronny. And like, and that's kind of who he is. Right? He never, he's always Look at me, keeping, LeBron. keeping people, on the, uh, people, on their, people on their toes. In the, I do believe one thing. I don't think he's playing for conference championship. I think it is grueling. And what do, I do think there's a shred of honesty there. No, not a shred, but I think the honest, when I'm reading through it is, damn, that was a lot for that. And that doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah. I've, already, I've been past that. And it was a lot. It's a lot on your body. It's a lot emotionally. It's a lot mentally. Think what that team was through. You know, Russell Westbrook, the trades, the remaking of the whole team mid-season, the, the, you know, the play, playing the play-in tournament, and then, and then actually, you know, emerging the conference final. This is as emotionally draining a season as ever. And, um, and they weren't far. You know, they, they got obviously destroyed the series, but I don't think anyone's outside of Lakers fans who thought they were beating the Nuggets. 
Who well, said they were getting this far? I'm looking at the man who thought uh, that uh, the Lakers were going to beat the Nuggets right now in uh, LeBron's number one fan stole in the band. It's just, just to your point off of that, where oh, how emotional the season was and Russell Westbrook in the trade. I, I mean, it, let's be honest. Uh, a lot of the Lakers' problems with the roster are LeBron's own doing. I mean, he made the call on Russell Westbrook. He wanted Russell Westbrook, and he became the uh, dartboard for everything that was wrong with the Lakers. And so the Lakers went ahead and then retooled the entire thing thing for LeBron in a complete overhaul that had them one series away from the NBA Finals. So like, I, I get what LeBron is is saying, and I, I agree with you. He's exhausted and he's frustrated, but dude, you were part of what was ailing the Lakers before the Lakers front office went to work. And who writes all this? Because what a soap opera. Who, who shows up at the last game? Kyrie! Like, oh, yeah. It was like this oh, yeah. fascinating soap opera totally. that could not be written better. I, I really think, I know the writers are on strike, but there had to be <laughs> some some written content here that would pit, put him at the last game, putting Kyrie there almost as a, hmm. <laughs> yep. Just a reminder, how's next season going to play it's out? It's juicy. It's juicy. It's juicy. And I think it would be, uh, you know what's funny too? Trey Young has been hanging out at a lot of Lakers playoff games. This is going to sound crazy, and I am anti pretty much everything Kyrie stands for, but Kyrie with the Lakers with LeBron so much better fit than Trey Young. So if Trey Young's trying to show face in a bit of a LeBron audition, Trey, I got bad news for you. You ain't the guy. Kyrie would be the guy in that equation. I, I guess I wouldn't start a team with either of them, uh, <laughs> but you know, Kyrie I think is a more reliable talent. And when I say reliable, I don't mean reliable to play 82 games, but I mean in terms of what he's shown in, in the playoffs in his career, he, 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 he can elevate like to another level um, on a consistent scorer basis. Trey Young, he will drive people nuts, though. I mean, look, if LeBron's ready to truly be a third option, like then you bring, then you bring, bring Trey Young in. With Kyrie, it'll be, the ball will be distributed better. Steve Politziner asked Steve's Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Scale of one through five. We're playing the confidence game. One, no confidence. Five, lots of confidence. The Heat finish off the Celtics tonight. Three. I just can't believe the Celtics. This, I think the disparity between the Nuggets and the Lakers is far greater than the disparity between the Heat and the Celtics. You know, the Celtics were favored the first three games of the series. First three games of the series. The Heat are a one-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Vegas still doesn't see that large of a disparity. I think something has got to catch up. Now, I don't see it when I watch a Celtics team that completely quit in the second half of the game the other night, but it just the, the law of averages says to me these teams are not that uh, – there's not this wide of a chasm. The Heat are obviously playing to a different level, but on the whole, on the whole, these teams – they ha- there has to be something. And, and maybe I'm just like also sort of rooting for a good game. I obviously want to see the Heat win, and I'm not. win in advance. Uh, I want to see the Heat win in advance. I also don't want to not have the NBA for six or seven days. Uh, yeah, no, I want a 40-point Heat win, and I want to go to bed at like uh, 10. That's that's my plan for tonight. I'm 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 totally good with that. Uh, I I do want to, oh, and also too, the Celtics were making sure the media was in attendance at shoot around today, so they could all tell each other, uh, "Hey, uh, don't let us win one. Don't let us win one." Marcus Smart running his mouth, Jalen Brown running his mouth. That's desperation. They're just trying to talk themselves into uh, belief, and they want the media to hear it so that there can be a narrative that they're still aligned and together, and it's all fraudulent. I think the Heat. 
Uh, all signs point to this ending tonight. I do want to also read this to you real quick here, Steve. Uh, we have had a a run on bird murder in Major League Baseball. From USA Today, birds in baseball haven't been a good mix this month. Five days after a bird was accidentally killed before an Arizona-Oakland game, another one died during Monday's game between the Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. Guardians outfielder Will Brennan hit a hard grounder to left field for a single in the second inning, but the ball hit a bird that was in the infield and killed it. A member of the grounds crew brought out a shovel and removed it. So that happened yesterday, the infield murder of a bird, and then Five days ago, that Arizona-Oakland incident, there was a warm-up in the outfield, and they hit a bird midair. Here's what I'm struggling with, Steve. It makes me feel nothing. Like if those were puppies, right? Even kittens, and I'm not a big cat fan, and they succumbed to the impact of a baseball, I'd say I feel very badly for that. But I've realized I have no affection, no, no feel whatsoever for birds, does that make me a bad person? Because I could not care less these birds have been killed. Hmm. Uh, certainly to the bird community and those that, you know, defend birds. I forget, what's the term? There's a term for, like, avid bird watchers. Nerds. A birdie. I, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, just like something dies. And you feel bad? It's like a bird. It's like a little step on a cockroach. Like what do you know? what do birds provide? Like here, I had my aunt. My aunt uh, Claire had a, a cockatoo uh, or a cockatiel. You know, like they're little gray birds. They have green heads, like a red and yellow circle on their faces. Like they're cute enough, but they're loud as hell. And this one was mean. Its name was Charzy, and it would it would it would bite me with its beak, and it would draw blood and the whole thing was a terrible experience <laughs> and so i don't know if this comes from that but yeah, birds birds yeah. don't do anything for me like ferrets or turtles or guinea pigs those are yeah. those are things where i'm like all right I, I they're cute that's cool but 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 birds i don't know i'm not into it where do you stand on I birds overall i i think it's i think it's there's no like personality that's been established on birds yeah what's a good like, call what's like the yeah what's like the go-to like there's not that bird that you feel like a warmth. Oh, that's like a butt. Like, who is it? Right. What's the bird? I don't bird. Let's put owls somewhere else. Yeah. Let's big, big birds, not the bird that's getting hit in the air in the, in the baseball game. <laughs> I think, I think it would have like to be, pigeon. it would have to be a cardinal. It's like a pigeon. A, a cardinal in that spot's one you go, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, that's true. Cause it, you're right. Well, well, a car- no, a cardinal's yeah. beautiful. An Oriole's beautiful. A blue jay is beautiful. Goldfish. But you're, you're talking a pigeon. You're yeah, talking right. a pigeon Big that was in the wrong place <laughs> in the wrong as, time. As far as what they provide, it's the ambiance. It's the noise, right? Without it, we wouldn't be able to walk outside and hear the... You wouldn't get that. I suppose birds singing on during the morning, but sometimes they're too loud. Like, it's 7 a.m. and the birds singing, shut up. Get out from my window and let me chill for another couple of hours. Steve, I think that that was a really, really, really strong conversation we just had about birds, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, and who knows, maybe you'll see a bird hopping around at a Duffy Sports Grill that you can feed some crumbs to from your, for your, your, your meal. I don't know. You better not. How was your Duffies, by the way, for the uh, dance weekend? It was great. It was great. Went there twice. Uh, Clematis, the Duffies. Uh, my my two-day dance marathon with the daughters. Uh, so it was very good. And uh, depending on what part of the day it was, it was the best part of the weekend. All right. Well, good. You just handled the read there. Uh, <laughs> but the only thing I'll add is, the, you know, of course, the 80 TVs in each location. A great place to watch the playoffs. And hopefully avoid the birds. So Duffies. <laughs> Go to the best sports grill year after year. 
for the burgers and the wings, two for one drinks all day, every single day. And if you don't have that MVP card, what's wrong with you? We talk about it every week. But if you don't have that MVP card, then it's time for you to get one. Duffy's MVP. Duffy's our game is always on. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, guys. Hey, Bye. Steve Polagino. for the birds. Ask Steve's. Go Heat, Heat Stone. I'm Ken. Talk to you tomorrow. Heat and four. Bye-bye. <laughs>